I have been vocal about how I feel. I want to show the Giants. Not the guy that they drafted still here. Saquon bounces outside, jukes a man at the 40. Barkley's in for the touchdown. I'm not a guy that's going to go down easy. I believe that when I touch the field that I'm one of the best players in the field. Cannot wait to see that guy back on the field again. And how about this? It's going to be tomorrow as the New York Giants and Saquon Barkley perhaps surprisingly agreed to an amended one-year contract with the franchise tag running back. We'll have more details in just a moment as we welcome you in here to NFL Live. And it's a great day because we've got 31 teams in training camp and an expert crew to break down all the news left to right. Ryan Clark, Lewis Riddick, and Diana Rossini. And we've got a lot of news to be covered to cover. So, Diana, let's begin with another contract of note, and that starts with Trayvon Diggs in Dallas. Yeah, it's been a big day around the NFL. A monster move by the Dallas Cowboys signing up their star corner, Trayvon Diggs. Five years, $97 million extension worth about $104 million in incentives. Now, Diggs is a two-time pro bowler, one-time all-pro, 17 interceptions, two defensive Scores in the three years in Dallas and the 24-year-old brother of Stephon Diggs gets that 21.25 signing bonus. Meantime, the Dallas Cowboys also have other work to do, right? We know they want to get deals done with Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb, Micah Parsons. will add eight-time Pro Bowler and six-time first-team All-Pro right guard Zach Martin to that list. He did not show up to camp. Jerry Jones says the plan is, of course, to have him in the lineup. They want to try to get that deal done. But as of right now, Martin does not want to restructure that deal, and he is not showing up to camp until a deal is done. Now, we've been spending the last few weeks talking about the running backs, and now that Saquon has signed up, all eyes are now on Raiders running back Josh Jacob, who has not signed his franchise tag. As expected, he did not arrive to Raiders camp today. And I was told by some lead sources that they do not expect Jacobs to show up anytime soon. So we'll see how this one will turn out. Meantime, Nick Bosa did not show up to 49ers camp today. The star defensive end is in the market for a new deal as he heads to the final year of his rookie contract. GM John Lynch, though, he called talks this deal a little complex at this point. Now, the team doesn't expect Bosa to show it up without a new deal on both sides. I'm told are trying to hammer this out. All right, so these are all the contracts today. Let's get to some good news in San Francisco. Brock Purdy is ready to go. The quarterback didn't land on the 49ers physically unable to perform this, so he can be out there. So successful surgery, successful rehab, and it appears right now, Field, he is good to go. He's going to have a little bit of limitations over the next few weeks. But in terms of the positive news coming out of San Francisco, Brock Purdy back in the lineup for them. All those conversations we had this offseason about who was going to be the San Francisco 49ers quarterback when training camp begins go out the window with just one update from John Lynch and, of course, Diana Rossini. A lot to get to as Diana showed us. Let's get back to Saquon Barkley and that revised deal. What's it look like? Well, he's going to get that $10.1 million fully guaranteed, but he can make up to $11 million in total with three different incentives. They are 1,350 rushing yards plus a playoff berth plus scoring 11 touchdowns and have 65 catches. Now, good news for Saquon, he gets a $2 million signing bonus with this deal, but does not get a guarantee that he can't be franchise tagged next year, so it's possible that 12 months from now, we are right back where we found ourselves 
when we began this morning. So, Diana, what more can you tell us about how the Giants and Saquon Barkley were able to agree to this new pact? Yeah, this was a bit surprising, but all along, Saquon Barkley has wanted to be on this Giants team. He wanted to be out on the field. At one point, this was before that long-term deal extension uh, came up last week that at least expired. Um, there was thought that maybe Saquon would miss not only camp, but perhaps week one against the Dallas Cowboys because he was so disappointed that they were not able to come up with a deal. So he had a change of heart. And the reality is Saquon Barkley has said in the past he has wanted to spend the rest of his life as a New York Giant. And he does not want to leave his team out to dry. So he wants to be there for camp. So he made this decision and the Giants played ball with him a bit here, putting in some of those incentives. So now Saquon Barkley makes a little bit more money, but he signs that tag and he was at camp today before 8 a.m. Lewis, I don't know if any discussion has generated more spirited thoughts than the running back market of mm. late. What do you take away from seeing where this deal ended up? A maximum value for Saquon Barkley of $11 million. I'm not surprised, quite honestly. Look, because mm. nothing fundamentally has changed in the way in which front offices view the running back position and how they're going to value it on a future performance projection basis, which is really where all general management and contract negotiators start when it comes to formulating new contracts. Yeah, I know, as a former player, and when thinking about it from a player's perspective, you wanna be compensated both based on your resume from the past and what you want, what teams expect you to do in the future. And you know what? I think teams generally try to do that, especially if you're someone who has been a baller, you've had multiple Pro Bowls, all Pro nominations, you know, whatever it was, led the league in a certain category. But when it comes to the running back position, it's just looked that different. It just is. Because from a business perspective and from a, I guess you could say, really a common sense perspective, we all know the inherent dangers of playing the running back position and how it can cut down on your longevity and your availability the more carries and the more you do prove yourself. So it kind of works against one another. And look, Saquon's in a tough spot, just like every other running back's in a tough spot. Because the rules are what they are in terms of when you can renegotiate your deal, when you can get an extension, and usually it's by the time that you have significant tread on your tires and teams try to use that against you. How is that going to change? You tell me how that changes, absent, you know, quite honestly, them renego renegotiating, you know, the collective bargaining, bargaining agreement, or you just sitting out and saying, I don't want to play, and then what's going to happen is you're going to come back to the market again, and teams are going to go, well, what's changed? Mm. What's changed? Mm. That's just the way it is right now. I don't necessarily know if the value of running backs have changed as much as people being able to find value in running backs in different ways. When you look at Damian Pierce of the Houston Texans and Isaiah Pacheco of the Kansas City Chiefs becoming bell cows of those teams being drafted in the fourth round and also late last year, I think teams are figuring that we don't need to pay these guys the $15 million that we've seen 15-plus to Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. But there was no other way for this situation to turn out. When I heard news 
of the Zoom meeting between all of the top running backs in the league. I even said to myself, as Coach Tomlin often said, they were just sports bitching. They were finding ways to talk about what they were going through, how they were going through it, but no solution was going to be made. Because to have a solution, you need a level of unselfishness that's hard to find in football players. Because football players are living for survival. They're mm. breathing until death. This is a very short time that you have an opportunity to earn money. So to pass on $10.1 million or to show up on a team and not play, it's just counterintuitive to who football players are. And I believe that the New York Giants bet on Saquon Barkley's character and his character has him in that building starting tomorrow ready for training camp. Up to $11 million for mm. Barkley again. A reminder there. And by the way, for those that were not aware that you can negotiate with a player on the franchise tag past the deadline, it's just for this year. So perhaps something for the Las Vegas Raiders and Josh Jacobs to consider. Let's go to San Francisco, where, of course, the prominent storyline of the offseason has been the rehab of quarterback Brock Purdy. He had surgery to his right throwing elbow or that injury in the NFC Championship game. GM John Lynch and head coach Kyle Shanahan spoke earlier today with some great news on the recovery. Brock's cleared and, and ready to go. Um, uh, he's, he's, he's been cleared. He's uh, going to be without restrictions. Now, having said that, um, we're sticking and we're adhering to a, a plan that's been put in place for, for some time. But the great news is Brock has worked his tail off and, and he's ready to go. Will he be running with the first team offense? He will when he's out there. Um, the throwing plan's a little different. We're never going to have him go three days in a row. So today he threw, so tomorrow he won't practice. So the other guys will do the same thing as OTAs. They'll both go with the ones. Um, and then Brock will have practices two and three to go. Um, then he'll take the next one off. So keep going that way. All right, Lewis, what are your expectations on a loaded offense for this group? Now that it sounds like Brock Purdy has been cleared this early, basically right out of the gates for training camp. Yeah, look, I, I think it's they're going to proceed forward just with the uh, – the plan that they thought would be in place when the season had ended. And that was as soon as Brock Purdy is healthy, he is the guy who gets first crack at it with the ones. They were very, very, very pleased with the way he played at the end of last year. And why wouldn't they be? So this is where he starts going forward. And unless someone very significantly outperforms him, it's going to be Brock Purdy in week one. I mean, why wouldn't it be? He really gained the trust of the coaching staff. He gained the trust of the front office. He gained the trust of the players, so much so to the point where this was a guy who was being talked about out there as someone who was yelling at veterans and telling veterans and commanding the respect of veterans in that huddle in a way in which, you know, is very uncommon for rookies to do, let alone guys who are Mr. Irrelevant. So, look, I think this is the best possible news for them. It may not be the best possible news for Trey Lance. I think that is what's going to be interesting now is what happens to Trey. Does he stay in San Francisco? Does he start looking for an exit? Do they start looking for an exit for him? Yeah. You know, this is a really interesting situation because you have Brock Purdy, who is Mr. Irrelevant, who had played a ton of football in college, and it showed with his experience and his almost veteran-like maturity when it came to who he was on the field and in the huddle. But Lewis knows this as well as I do. When they start watching Sam Darnold throw and they got to see it in the offseason, it's going to be hard to not be tantalized and feel how sensational it looks when it comes out of his hand. And they're also going to have to defend against having a top three pick in Trey Lance and comparing him to what Brock Purdy looks when you're just using the naked eye to evaluate him. 
Yeah. It's going to have to be because of the way he led and the way that this team played with Brock Purdy at the quarterback position down the stretch. It really yeah. will be fun to watch this materialize as the season gets close. Yeah, RC, really interesting. For the first yeah. time since Trey Lance was drafted, third overall, doesn't feel like this is a training camp where all eyes will be on him because we think he is firmly entrenched as the backup. So while Purdy is got the good news for the 49ers, he's at camp. Defensive end Nick Bosa was absent today for the start of the team's training camp. Here's the explanation from John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. You know, I've seen various players have not seen Nick. And, you know, I, I would expect he's not here to start off. We're working diligently to try to, uh, to come to an agreement. Um, I think the challenges, you're talking about a real special player. Do you expect him to practice, get on the field and practice with his teammates without a new contract? I wouldn't. That would surprise me. RC, we've been down this road before, different team, but same family, <laughs> Joey Bosa and the Chargers. But what makes Nick Bosa so important to this team's identity on defense, <laughs> hey. which is elite? <laughs> Hey, my guys, they got the blueprint in that family. No we going to shine at Ohio State, and we're going to get in this league on the, in the Bay Area, and we're going to absolutely ball, then hold out. Yep. Listen, Nick Bosa is a guy that has elite-level <laughs> pass-rushing skills, understands technique, a guy that can bend even for being as big as he is, and he's extremely athletic, and when he closes on the quarterback, he's also a finisher. That's what you're looking for in the position, not a guy that can just create pressures, a a guy that gets the sack, a guy that has the production, that equates to this, this elite level money that he's going to be asking for and that he's earned. Nick Bosa is an absolute difference maker at the position and defensively, and he will be a defensive player of the year at some point. Look, man, there, there's some players that when you go into negotiations, you just kind of like maybe want to pull them aside and whisper to them, hey, look, just don't don't take all the money. We still got to, you know, we still got to feel the team. Because you already know team. it's going to cost you. You know what I mean? You know it's yep. going to cost you, and you're willing to pay it because you also understand that we are markedly, markedly worse if we don't have this individual, and that doesn't even cross your mind. It's just a matter of you're just hoping in good faith that you're able to get something done that totally does set the market for him, and, and rightfully so, but at the same time, does not blow up your salary cap planning structure to the degree in which it really compromises the rest of the football team in a way you can't recover from. That's really what you're hoping for here, because you know what? When we juxtapose this with the running back position, yeah. everything that Nick Bosa has done yeah. already is not working against him. Yeah. They're thinking we're yeah. going to get more of that and some. He's still on the come. Yep. He's still going to get better. He's still going to be the same productive guy, if not even more so. That, that's, that's, his, that's the interesting part about football, right? Yeah. Nick's going to get his, and it's going to be easy for him to get it. Yeah, Just roster, watch. Roster building is certainly more of an art than it is a science, Lewis. One year left on mm -hmm. Nick Bosa's rookie deal. We can expect that to be extended probably soon. More news of sorts from the 49ers. As Sheffy had tweeted this earlier, 49ers wide receiver has been determined to prove to head coach Kyle Shanahan and others he will be prepared this season. Quote, never had a grown man send me so many pictures of himself with his shirt off, but he looked good. End quote. That was from Kyle Shanahan. Dan Orlovsky, he doesn't know the NFL Live group chat. RC, you're part of this group chat. You, you care to reveal what that means from Dan? I don't want to see that man shirtless. Is that what happens? Hey. 
<laughs> that is not what happens in the group chat, guys. Okay. Dan is just joshing. Yo, now, also, the stuff that happens in the group chat, we can never let the world see because the level of embarrassment for all of us, we'd probably lose our jobs. That is a mm. really good tease right there. Now, all of America wants to be a part of the NFL Live group <laughs> chat, but only a certain few can be. We are just getting started here on the aforementioned NFL Live. Yesterday, Kadarius, Tonus was, Kadarius Tony wasn't at practice for the Chiefs. We got an update about his potential return here from Andy Reid and fi find out what this offense could look like without him. Plus, Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow joins us here on NFL Live. Stay tuned to hear what he has to say on the future of the Bengals. NFL Live is brought to you by Disney's Haunted Mansion. In theaters Friday, get tickets now. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 31 of 32 teams have reported to training camp, which means fresh press conference sound is coming in from around the league. But when it comes to a Bill Belichick press conference, some things just never Good morning. Ready for training camp here? Correct. When there's an agreement, there's an agreement. When there's not, there's 31 other teams. I, I don't do physicals. Doctors do those. It's football season. Most players play football in football season. Lewis, I find it oddly satisfying and comforting to hear Bill, Bill, Bill Belichick back in his natural <laughs> habitat. It's like everything is right in the world again. <laughs> I mean... I don't do physicals, doctors do. Yeah. Football players play football in football season. That is so Bill, man. It's so damn Bill. Yeah, he is one of a kind. That's all I can say. Yep. One it's of a unbelievable. Kind. Yeah, in his it's own way. In his own way, he is very much one of a kind, and he is, of course, the best to do it. Speaking of press conferences, time now to read and react around the rest of the league. Starting in New York, where head coach Robert Sala made some glowing comments about Aaron Rodgers. I've seen Aaron work with, you know, just going against him and what he was able to do with Devontae and how in sync they were. Uh, it was it was more than just go balls. It was just a nod, and they knew exactly what was going to happen next. So there's, I'll, I'll speak for Aaron on this, and that I can imagine that there's even a greater level of uh, continuity that can be gained. But love the direction it's going, and uh, I mean, those two throws were pretty darn cool. I joke around, but I'm serious too. They, I mean, the, the guy glows in the dark, so he's uh, he's a pretty damn good quarterback. 
RC, what do you make of those comments from Salah? <laughs> um, fireflies and jellyfish also glow in the dark if people <laughs> just wanted to know. I mean, listen, when you get an Aaron Rodgers after having a Zach Wilson and a Mike White at the quarterback position, you would think that they glowed in the dark too, mm. and you would allow them to do anything they stink and want it because it is so much better than the last two guys. It just must be the glow. It's so real. No pun intended. Tennessee, where DeAndre Hopkins spoke to the media for the first time as a Titan. Take a listen. I want to be able to compete. Obviously, you know, it starts with the division. And then after that, the rest speaks for itself. Someone in my situation going to year 11, I want to be somewhere around people that I'm comfortable with. Rabel and I, we've always kept communication over the years. Uh, when I first got to Arizona, he was one of the first coaches to congratulate me and was one of the first coaches to criticize a, a bad game that I had as well that wasn't my coach. And that's what I respect about uh, Rabel. Danny, you had a chance to speak with D-Hop recently. What'd you learn? Yeah, there's no one glowing in the dark there, but he certainly was glowing about head coach Mike Vrabel in Tennessee, right? The communication over the years, we know that they had that relationship when Vrabel was the defensive coordinator in Houston and DeAndre Hopkins that was obviously on the roster back then. So he really pointed to the fact that all these years Vrabel has stayed in touch with him. He just really respects him. He said the other big factor was Derrick Henry. So running backs, I know getting criticized right now, but Henry, a big reason why Hopkins landed there worth every penny. Let's go to New Orleans where Michael Thomas has dealt with injuries in recent years, but head coach Dennis Allen is optimistic about where he currently stands. Take a listen. Our expectation is that Mike's going to be a full participant. Look, he came in um, last Thursday, did his physical, went through the conditioning test, looked great, moved around, awesome, he's in good shape. That's what Mike said he was going to do when he left out of here in the spring, and generally when Mike sets his mind to something, he, he, he gets it done. Lewis, what are your expectations for the Saints offense with a healthy Mike T? Look, this team is explosive now. They've got a very, very nice combination between Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed, Jawan Johnson at tight end, mm. Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams at running back, Derek Carr. Look, if this offensive line stays intact. This team will be able to put up points now. They will be able to run it and they'll be able to throw it all over the yard. They also added somebody that may sound too good to believe. We'll tell you about that a little bit later on in the show. To Kansas City, where Kadarius Toney was injured in practice Sunday, head coach Andy Reid provided an update on his team's young but explosive wide receiver. Kadarius had surgery on his knee this morning for uh, cartilage, and we should, it should be relatively uh, quick as we go here. There's a chance for the first game, but we'll see. We'll just have to see how, how the recovery goes with him. But, I mean, he's, you know, he, He's bound and determined he's going to be there for the first game. We'll see how, how it goes. We're going to miss KT's just, you know, his ability to, to make a play out of nowhere um, and just, you know, kind of gain that momentum. He, he was that piece for us in the Super Bowl. He was that piece for us um, throughout the season last year. Just getting that thing right. We got all the confidence in the world and our training staff here to get, to get him ready either by season or early on in the season. Got our fingers crossed that we get him back as soon as possible, and it's just, you know, letting him heal up, and we'll take care of the load until he gets back. But um, KT ain't going anywhere, man. We missed that guy already. Lewis, we're not concerned about the Chiefs as a team, but how concerned are you about Kadarius Tony specifically <laughs> following this latest injury? Look, I, I think the wide receiver group is like a work in progress in terms of who's going to really emerge as maybe option number one outside of Travis Kelsey when we're just talking about 
the pass catchers. And, I, and quite honestly, I think they need to have that. They need to get that done. They need to have somebody step to the forefront and say, hey, look, I'm option number one here on the outside. And they believe that Kadarius has that kind of ability. It's just about availability with him. Brett Feast, their general manager, loves him. He absolutely loves him. That's why he traded for him. I'll tell you what, another guy who they really liked this year is Rasheed Rice from SMU, who was drafted in the second round, who was a workhorse at SMU, and supposedly he has been lighting it up early in training camp. He's been gaining the, the trust of Patrick Mahomes. He is someone who's used to getting a lot of work, a lot of targets, and quite honestly, I think he is someone who needs to emerge for them. He needs to emerge as that guy who is a down-in and down-out type of pass catcher, the move-the-chains type of pass catcher, and not just the speedster on the perimeter who makes the flashy plays. So I think as that group goes, that guy is very pivotal along with the availability of Kadarius Toney to them taking their offense to another level, if that's even possible. I think you're going to find ways to use Kadarius Toney to put him in positions where he gets the football in his hands and he can use some of those punt returner traits to get yards after the catch and to create the same way that Travis Kelsey said he could. The reason that it's difficult for him to miss training camp is because people are trying to find their slots. They're trying to find their roles. You heard Lewis mention receive, uh, Rice being able to be an every down go-to type of workhorse wide receiver. I believe Kadarius Tony was going to be that masterful chess piece that Matt Nagy and Andy Reid moved around, whether it was jet sweeps, quick screens, trying to find ways to get footballs in his hands, and then Sky Moore, a guy in the slot who could push the football down the field along with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Everybody has to find a place because I don't know if they have a true number one, but that's why training camp and practice is so important. Are the Kansas City Chiefs going to be okay? Hell yeah. Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback. We could throw Phil Yates and Lewis Riddick and Ryan Clark out there, and we'd at least catch some Not footballs me. because he'd stick them in our face mask. But when you think about what sure this about team normally is and how <laughs> difficult the AFC is going to be, you need guys like Kadarius Tony, healthy and with the chemistry that's locked in with Travis Mahomes, uh, Patrick Mahomes to allow them to make the plays they need to in a tough AFC. Yeah, Ryan, you've seen me on the show uh, catch passes from Drew Brees and Rex Ryan, so I'm offended that you didn't include me in those receivers that could also catch on from Patrick Mahomes because I think I could. Uh, that said, uh, you know, with Kadarius Tony, this is a team that they, they really pushed all their chips in on him, right? Because they didn't go after Odell. At least that didn't work out. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, they, they just flirted with that. They didn't land him, Adam Thielen, right? These weren't guys they were chasing after aggressively because they had confidence and Kadarius Tony, and then him, his ability to help spark this offense and be the guy. Look, we know Travis Kelsey is always going to be the number one guy there either way on offense. But you hear Andy Reid say during OTAs that he's giving Sky more the most targets during a lot of these practices. They are a, He's a guy that they are hoping in his second year, he emerges, right? We always see that big jump from that first to the second year and all these players, and they're expecting that. And Richie James, you know, a six-year vet, he was with the New York Giants last year. He's been all the talk lately about what he's able to do. So, yes, you guys are right. There is no big star name right now mm. uh, with this receiving car. We have no concerns over whether or not they'll figure out. In fact, Patrick Mahomes told me recently he's not even sure who's going to be the stars because yeah. they just feel like the competition is going to be so good. And we know competition breeds success, as we know mm. they'll figure it out. No question about it. Unless we forget, last year, after trading away Tyreek Hill, the $30 million per year receiver, Patrick Mahomes went on to <laughs> lead the NFL in passing yards and win his second Super Bowl in just four seasons. 
All right, coming up next. Well, some pound, uh, excuse me. Well, pundits are counting out. Excuse me, uh, counting the Bengals' cap space, trying to figure out how they can are going to afford everyone. Joe Burrow is focused on this season. It's the best I've felt about our team. I think that it's the deepest team that we've had, and so I'm excited about the season. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. ESPN Fantasy Football is the number one fantasy game with the season right around the corner. I can't wait. Get your league started right now at ESPN.com slash fantasy football. The Bengals begin their training camp today, and that means another season with Joe Burrow under center. Earlier this month, I talked with Burrow about the Bengals' future and their turnaround after the loss to the Chiefs in the playoffs. Look who we have here on NFL Live. None other than Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow, who is joining us on behalf of Body Armor, where Joe is the newest partner. And, Joe, I'm sure everybody wants to hear from you on your contract and playoff runs and all those sorts of things. But I think we have to start with what might be the story for you of the offseason as everybody's buzzing over your hair. And Bengals' social media <laughs> account has certainly uh, helped get some of those great slow-mo shots of your locks and headband. Uh, you planning on keeping the hair growing into this season, or what are the, uh, what's the current game plan looking like? I don't know. We're just going with the flow, see where it ends up. I don't know. Okay. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll play it by ear, you know? Keeping everybody on their toes, but you certainly can pull it off. So now I guess we have to talk football and of course the past two seasons for you guys close to the mountaintop but not quite there and reaching your ultimate goal of a Super Bowl how quickly do you turn the page though from those losses and focus on the next season ahead you try to do it immediately I think you know take those couple weeks off and uh, reflect on the season after that and then get right back to it getting better uh, this is the best I've felt about our team. I think that it's the deepest team that we've had, and so I'm excited about the season. One of the big things in the news this offseason for you is not just your hair, your football play, but, of course, the contract extension that you are now eligible are eligible for. Uh, any update as, as far as where negotiations stand uh, with that new deal? I got nothing for you, my man. <laughs> You'll have to wait and see. Okay, I like that. You're still playing the company line, which is a smart way to approach these things. I'm sure Bengals fans everywhere will love to see when Penn is officially to paper. But on top of your future deal, as we all know, you've got three excellent wide receivers, two of them in a contract year themselves. Jamar a year away from being extension eligible. How much does trying to keep those three guys play into your mindset as you work on the framework of a new deal yourself? We always want to keep it your guys around you that you, you know, have helped you have the success that you've had. 
And, you know, our front office has done a great job of that for the last couple of years of putting us in the best position to succeed the way that we have. So, you know, we'll see where it goes, but I'm confident that we'll be able to keep everybody. Joe Burrow, we appreciate you joining us here, of course, presented by Body Armor. You are the newest partner. We wish you nothing but the best this upcoming season. Hope we're watching you playing football for a long time into uh, early 2024. Appreciate that. All right, good stuff there from Joe. And there aren't many issues with having a young and exciting nucleus, but at some point, everybody does need to get paid. This upcoming offseason will be decision time on T. Higgins, Ty Floyd, Wilson, Tanobi Awuzie, and DJ Reader. Key pieces Joe Burrow, Trey Hendrickson, and Jamar Chase aren't far behind. And Bengals president Mike Brown commented yesterday on their upcoming contract decisions. You have some good players that need to be fed. And uh, that's a challenge. Uh, it's mathematical. You get the, a bag of corn and you have 10 hogs. Well, uh, how are you going to put that out to them? The bag's going to be gone, empty. And some of them aren't going to get it. Well, that's too bad. Bag of corn. Hadn't heard that analogy in a while, but Lewis, I'll ask you about the Bengals. How should they prioritize their spending as they take a look at this roster and think about it, not just in the short, but also the long term? Well, yeah, I mean, clearly the guy who you just talked to and Joe Burrow is the priority. You have to get him done because from there you can kind of figure out how to then allocate the rest of the salary cap dollars. Obviously, a lot is going to go to Jamar Chase. Look, when you have your quarterback who was teammates with that individual and then lobbies for him to be on your football team, I don't think you're letting him go anywhere. After that, look, T. Higgins is one of those guys who was a do-it-all, 1A type of wide receiver that really stepped up to the plate when Jamar wasn't available. So then I think he becomes priority number three. Then it gets a little dicey when you're talking about Tyler Boyd. Because I, you know, I start to wonder whether or not they think they will have enough to go around in order to keep him in the fold. And that's why you start looking at their philosophy of roster construction. There's a reason why they drafted Charlie Jones out of Purdue in the fourth round this year. Charlie does a lot of the same things that Tyler does. Different body type, but can play the exact same role. That's what GMs do. That's what team builders do. They try to forecast problems down the road and potential change down the road. So I think Tyler, Bo Tyler Boyd's status with Cincinnati is something that needs to be kind of monitored as we go along. Yeah, and I also, yeah, look at the defensive side of the ball. When you look at the last two years, especially in the playoffs with opportunities to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and Lewis knows this as well, Lou Anarumo has done an excellent job as a defensive coordinator. But you think of a guy like Logan Wilson that was drafted in the third round in 2020. He'll be coming up with an opportunity to get a deal. He's a sideline-to-sideline side guy who also makes plays on the football. Trey Hendrickson, DJ Reader up front, also guys who down the line will be looking to get new contracts because they are earning them. You go get DJ Turner, who's a burner out of Michigan in the second round, maybe to replace Shadobi Iwuzie, who is a little banged up on the back end, starting off on the PUP list. This is the defense that has excelled, especially late in the season, putting Joe Burrow, giving him those opportunities to win. It starts on the offensive side of the ball, but some of these defensive guys mm -hmm. need to be shored up as well. Yeah, uh, Field, I'll be quick with you guys on the status of Joe Burrow's contract at this point right now. So essentially, you know, there's a sense around the league that it's it's kind of been a bit of a duel between Justin Herbert's camp and Joe Burrow's camp on who's going to get this deal done first, obviously. 
Uh, the quarterback wants the quarterback that will maybe win this in terms of money will probably be the quarterback that signs last in the sense that Joe Burrow's deal will be the last one in terms of the big quarterback names this summer. Uh, Justin Herbert's deal expected to get done over the next few weeks and then Joe Burrow, but the fact that he's in the building. And look, both sides are truly doing a really good job of keeping those conversations and the details, the structure of that deal really, really private, as you heard the owner allude to. Uh, so we don't know where they're at in terms yeah. of the deal. All we know at this point right now, though, it's all headed into a really good direction, and Joe Burrow's going to have a very big payday. Yeah, another big payday, payday and plenty of corn for Joe Burrow from the bag of corn as Mike Brown just described it. Hey, coming up next, with a paid Lamar Jackson and new offensive weapons, what's the expectation in Baltimore? Here where RC is saying the postseason pressure is now stronger than ever for the Ravens. Odell Beckham Jr. reaching agreement with the Baltimore Ravens on a one-year deal. Lamar, I know if you're watching, you know. I would love to, to love to get to work with you. Lamar is not happy with the way contract talks have gone. He announced that he would like to be traded. The Ravens have announced a new five-year agreement with Lamar Jackson. The Baltimore Ravens select Zay Flowers. Hey, we about to work. Let's get to it. Todd Monken just giving us the keys to the offense and let us do our thing. It's not a throw he can't make. The sky's the limit with this offense. We're going to see And there you see Odell Beckham Jr. headed to training camp for the first time with the Baltimore Ravens. What an offseason it has been in Baltimore. The vibes changed very quickly, as will the offense this year. And that's what I want to ask Lewis Riddick about is new coordinator, of course, with Todd Munkin replacing a long time, a long tenure for Greg Roman. How do you expect this offense to look different and be different this year? Well, I think it will still be a 12 personnel. 11 personnel centric type of offense because that's what Todd Munkin ran at Georgia and quite honestly that's what Baltimore is built for. Think about it. They have two really good tight ends and Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely. They're a football team that's going to run the zone read inside outside zone run game as well as anyone in football and then the play action game off of that really leads to them attacking the middle of the field with these good tight ends. Being able to attack the middle of the field with Zay Flowers, with Rashad Bateman, even with Odell Beckham Jr., and still have the threat of Lamar Jackson as a runner. So, look, I think this team will – this is the best structure that, that an offense that Lamar has ran, will, that, you know, that will exist in Baltimore since he's been there. I expect him to have his best season of his career thus far throwing the football. You know what I haven't thought about, Lewis and, and Field and Diana, until this point? Normally, when a very good quarterback comes off of his rookie contract, we're asking him to do more by himself because he just got all the money and you can't build a team around him. Somehow, Eric DaCosta and the Baltimore Ravens have done the exact opposite. Lamar actually got his money and he has the most talent and most skilled players around him that he's ever had in his entire NFL career. And so now there's going to be a heightened sense of expectations from him, but he has all the pieces to do it. And the piece that should be talked about more is Rashad Bateman. When he is available, He's extremely explosive, great catch radius, and a dynamic yards after the catch type wide receiver. And with all the attention that everybody else will be getting, I expect him to explode on the scene along with some of these other players. This could help Lamar Jackson have another MVP season. 
Yeah, all these expectations, but Ryan, don't you feel like the Baltimore Ravens aren't really getting as much hype as they deserve? You just went through their offense and what they could look like. And look, they are going through transition here with Todd Monk and now the offensive coordinator. And we don't know exactly what the identity of this offense is going to look like. But I can tell you, in camp already, the players, and usually when it's the players volunteering names of guys that are standing out like rookie Zay Flowers, that is saying something. And that's mm. what a lot of the Ravens players, or at least who the Ravens players, have been talking about. He's been playing X, Z, F, roles, basically all over the place. Flowers saying that he just wants to touch the ball wherever they need him. He just wants to get involved. But the fact that he's already been able to understand this offense knows the responsibilities, knows what's being asked of him, and he's standing out already. Mm. That says, uh, you know, a lot for, for the young rookie and, and the potential that he can have with, with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, the first Boston College wide receiver to be taken in the first round in the common draft era was a Flowers. Plenty of expectations for him in Baltimore. Coming up next, Ed Werder joins us as the Cowboys report to camp out in Cali. Dak is back with Mike McCarthy calling plays, but even with these big changes, the focus is on somebody who's not even there. As confirmed by the team just moments ago, the Cowboys have locked up cornerback Trevon Diggs to a five-year extension worth up to $100 million. He's a two-time Pro Bowler and a lockdown corner. On the opposite side of the news, All-Pro guard Zach Martin did not join the team during his trip out west for training camp amidst frustration with the final two years of his contract. He is subject to mandatory fines of close to $50,000 per day for missing out on camp. And on the site of Cowboys training camp is Ed Werder. Ed, what can you tell us about what went down today with both Diggs and Martin? Yeah, Field, it was soon after Executive Vice President Stephen Jones spoke about how comfortable he was with the team's salary cap situation and confirmed his desire to sign one or two young players that the Cowboys reached agreement with Trayvon Diggs on that five-year, $97 million contract extension. Diggs is a former second-round pick, led the NFL in interceptions in 2021, has 17 already in his young career. The team traded for veteran Stefan Gilmore during the offseason to improve the position opposite Diggs and force opponents to risk the ball by throwing more often at Diggs. Dan Quinn's defense leads the NFL in takeaways the past two seasons. Unresolved, as you mentioned, the contract standoff with starting right guard Zach Martin, arguably the best interior offensive lineman in the NFL. Two years remaining on his contract, but now making $7 million less than the highest paid players at his position. Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy both declined to elaborate about Martin's holdout, but the team owner praised Martin's contributions to one of the league's highest scoring offenses and said, quote, he's in our plans. As you might remember, Field, the most prominent recent Cowboys training camp holdout occurred in 2019. Mm. Running back Ezekiel Elliott missed 40 days, then signed a record contract for his position. The week of the season opener against the Giants, one of the worst contracts in franchise history. We see it now, but the Cowboys have leverage with Martin. They lacked with Elliott. As you mentioned, the CBA signed in 2020 allows teams to find players under contract who refuse to report $50,000 a day, and they can no longer rescind those fines. Yeah, that's right. Mandor, people, they can't be nice and say, Zach, you're a longtime stalwart. We will cut you a break here. 50K, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Ed, great stuff. We appreciate you. Enjoy your time out there in California. Of course, Zach Martin, Tron Diggs, not the only major personnel situations the Cowboys have to address. Look at all these major contracts in Dallas that are up either this year or next. 
That's before you get to Micah Parsons, who becomes extension eligible after this upcoming season. So many critical decisions coming for the Cowboys. So, Lewis, as we look at the way Dallas is prioritizing their roster, what do you think about Diggs getting a long-term deal while Zach Martin's situation remains unresolved? Look, an exercise that NFL front offices, and you know, Field, you, you do this, that they go through is really to prioritize the positions, one through 22, you know, the starters, obviously, 11 on each side of the football, to kind of try and take some emotion out of how it is that you prioritize players. And because really, you want to try and or prioritize them organically in terms of their importance to the football team. And cornerback is always, always going to rate as a top five position. It just is. Some teams may have it number three. Some teams may have it number four. But it's always going to be in the top five. So for mm. Trayvon to get this contract, which puts him in the top five in terms of APY, average per year, is probably exactly what they need. They need to shore up this secondary. They have one of the best pass rushers in the NFL in terms of pass rush win rate. So I get it. I get why they would prioritize that over Zach Martin. Although, I wouldn't want to start messing with the foundation of this offensive line, which is mm. one of the best run-blocking offensive lines in football last year. And that's something that Mike McCarthy says he wants <clears> to do more so. So you better yeah. get him in the fold, and you better get some depth at running back too. Otherwise, your whole plan could go out the window if you don't take care of that side of the football. Lewis, you made the best point of all to me. You have to get depth in this backfield. Mike McCarthy is speaking about running the football, being a team that plays with physica physicality in the run game. They don't have that sort of runner in Tony Pollard yep. or Malik Davis or Deuce Vaughn. And so if you're going to have that sort of imprint or personality offensively, you do have to have a guy like Zach Martin in continuity on the front line. But Trayvon Diggs deserves this money. When you can play the position as he does, but also also turn the football over and create offense that's where you make the money those things are worth paying for and that's why he got a hundred million dollar deal you know RC it's crazy mm -hmm. to think that there are still so many running backs available the Cowboys could sign including of course Ezekiel Elliott yeah. who remains a creator we have a quick one more thing to wrap <laughs> up the show here on NFL live and check this out Jimmy Graham is back in the league as he reunites with the Saints this morning I thought I was getting trolled the on Saints. Twitter one-year deal. He brings 85 <laughs> career touchdown catches. That's fourth most in NFL history by a tight end. He went and flew the world, experienced life. Now he's back in the NFL. Welcome back, Jimmy. One-year deal to go back to New Orleans.